Now, the Financial Action Task Force said South Africa will now face increased monitoring for issues such as suspicious cross-border transactions and proliferation financing. Now, according to Business Day, the nation is likely to face a three-year slog in order to get itself removed from a global list of 25 countries deemed to have inadequate anti-money laundering and counter-terrorist financing controls. Now, the grey listing will have negative consequences, making it more costly and cumbersome to do business. Business Day reports that the FATF wants eight strategic deficiencies to be removed by no later than the end of January 2025. Garcia Nezen, who's investment writer for Business Day, joins us now to unpack these deficiencies and what the grey list really means for South Africa. Garth, good afternoon and absolute pleasure being with you today. Hi, Nolotando. All right, let's talk about this. The inevitable has but happened. I think a lot of people knew that would get you. Let's talk about the consequences and then just what it would look like to claw ourselves off this list? Well, I, I think the immediate consequence is just um, South African companies who are engaged in, in cross-border investment or transactions um, or transferring money abroad are, are going to face um, increased scrutiny um, from a compliance and, and regulation perspective. Um, that could ultimately, over time, result in um, higher transaction costs, uh, a greater administrative burden. Um, and there's also some talk that uh, you know, big state-owned companies, uh, say Transnet or Eskom, who raise debt in offshore capital markets, may pay a slight uh, premium in terms of the, the cost of capital um, because of this. And, and that's just reflecting the, the increased uh, risk perception towards South Africa as a result of this. One of the things that um, has come up quite a bit in South Africa over the last few years is that it's just not easy doing business. So this obviously then complicates that aspect you know, of um, the ease of doing business, possibly especially as South Africa tries to position itself as still a gateway to the rest of the African continent. This reputational um, damage, Garth, that is something that is hard to repair. Am I correct? Absolutely. Um, look, there's, depending on who you speak to, the, the, some people will, will tell you it's already been priced into, into markets. Everyone widely expected this. Um, I saw at least one research note saying it's not the end of the world. Um, but what everyone does agree on is that this is something South Africa didn't need, especially at a time when we're already grappling with load shedding. Um, you know, you've got interest rates going up. Con the con consumer is under uh, incredible pressure. Um, there's, there's a huge disincentive for investment into the country already. And this is just yet another, you know, straw on the camel's back that it didn't need. So let's actually speak about one of the things that they mentioned there, um, the, the Financial Action Task Force, was the issue of um, they want to see a sustained increase in investigations and prosecutions um, of serious and complex crimes. So this then brings us down to the NPA and South Africa's ability, Garth, to be able to, you know, um, arrest people, you know, seeing mm. real prosecutions. This is something that we're just battling with, right? Um, you and I would face it if we had a domestic issue. Um, and this is something that then is hard to fix. So yeah. let's talk about that um, and the NPA having to meet this three-year um, deadline for the country. Well, it's, it's the old South African problem. We've always got great plans. Mm -hmm. We've got great legislation, but we have very poor implementation. Um, and and th that seems to be the, the crux of the issue. Although we did rush through two big pieces of legislation, I think, on the 30th of December last year, um, FATF needs to see 
effect um, or, or ne needs that legislation to be um, put into action or they need tangible evidence that it has been put into action. There's no point in having laws if they're not applied. Um, you know, you can just see that if you're driving down Jan Smuts Road in the evening. We've got all the laws, but they're not applied. <laughs> um, and the same thing could be said for, for money laundering um, and, you know, white-collar crime, call it that. We've just had a state capture um, commission where, you know, oodles of evidence came out how many of the, those people implicated have been charged, arrested, or put in jail? Uh, I think many people would argue not very many. Um, and that's, that's really what it boils down to. Um, they want to see action, um, and, and that's where South Africa is lacking. I think as a citizen, I want to see the same. So um, we're certainly on the same page. And I'm also keen on informal trade. Mm. Um, you know, we have a lot of spaza shops um, in South Africa. They aren't even necessarily run by South Africans, a lot of them by, um, you know, foreign nationals. Let's talk about informal trade and how that also, um, you know, puts us on this list or makes us, um, is something that could have put us on this list. Yeah, look, I'm no, I'm no expert on, on that sector. Um, you know, I tend to... Uh, cover listed um, financial mm -hmm. services firms, but there is sort of anecdotal and other evidence that, um, you know, some of these spaza shops may have been involved in transferring money um, to places like Somalia where perhaps it could be used um, for, for, you know, purposes of terrorism, et cetera. Um, or the, the very poor regulation of that, uh, of that side of the market certainly does raise questions, but it's not just spaza shops. I mean, one of the, the issues that FATF raised was that South Africa doesn't have great controls when it comes to um, monitoring, um, you know, suspect transactions in areas like uh, uh, real estate, estate agents, um, lawyers, trusts. Um, so it, it goes beyond that. Uh, and South Africa certainly has the ability to, to get its act together. But as, as I said earlier, our, our main problem seems to be translating our very good planning into actual implementation. All right, Nagar, before I let you go, let's talk about, um, you know, the president has been on an investment drive over the last few years, and uh, I think this is a more than a speed bump um, in these plans. Let's talk about inflows um, into South Africa, but also yeah, the president's investment drive. Are you talking about the dollars in the couch? That, <laughs> but, um, no, no, yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, uh, the, the president, you know, can talk investment, but if there's no electricity, very few people are going to want to invest because, you know, wh where's your investment going to go? Um, without electricity, you can't power an e a modern economy. Um, and I think bef before we can talk about, um, you know, overall investment in the economy, we, we need to get the fundamentals right. And right now, the main fundamental, I think, that, that is on most South Africans' mind is, are we going to have 24 hours um, of sustained electricity supply? Sure. Well, thank you so much, um, Garth. And I know you are from Cape Town, so it's... Nice no. to have you. You're not from Kyoto. No, I'm actually from Joburg. From Joburg, okay. <laughs> Joburg. I thought you were, had its first weekend this weekend. All right, that was Business Days Investment Rights at Gansi and Azen.